0: All right, let's take our Bibles out tonight. Genesis chapter number 12. I sound a little different, don't I? Whoever robbed the, the batteries out of my microphone jokes on you. We have spares. They thought that maybe if they took the batteries out that I would not be able to preach tonight. Uh, but I have a big mouth, number one. Uh, number two, we have spare batteries. And so I appreciate the A.J. going and getting those. I knew I sounded a little bit different. Uh, as you're turning Genesis 12, we're going to pick up where we left off last week, looking at Abraham. Uh, a couple of other quick announcements I want to give you to be mindful of. <coughs> uh, next uh, Sunday night, or this upcoming Sunday night, uh, we're having someone who's been here before, and I've invited them to come Sunday night, to speak for about five minutes before we preach. Senator Chris McDaniel is going to be here with us, uh, running for lieutenant governor, and uh, not coming to give a political stump speech, but I've asked him to come before the message on Sunday night. Uh, and give us a little bit of a challenge about the importance of God's people being involved in the political process. And uh, we're not going to be a political church, but I think our church ought to be involved in politics, amen, that our people make sure we hear our voice heard and make a Christian voice heard in politics. So he's going to be here on Sunday night. Uh, If you have any questions for him, he'll be available in the foyer following the service. And then next Wednesday night, a week from tonight, we're going to have representatives from Camp Shelby, uh, the USO division of that, the part of that from Camp Shelby in our foyer and uh, we're working real hard. We have an army base right here uh, adjacent to our church, and it's a tremendous mission field opportunity for us. It's something I've had a burden for since I've been here. Uh, It's been hard to get an inroad into that. We've been working at it for a while. Uh, COVID delayed that a little bit on getting on base, and I think we now have an opportunity to work through the USO uh, to get on base and have opportunities for our people to go and serve. Uh, We've let them know right up front that uh, we have an angle on it, okay? Uh, We want to make sure we get in and not just serve our veterans and be a blessing to them, that we share the gospel with them. That's what we're here. That's what we'll be about. Uh, and We invited them here with that caveat, and they understood that. So they're going to be here on Wednesday night in the foyer to provide opportunities that we can be a part of being a blessing to our veterans, but most importantly, not just thanking them for what they do, uh, but providing an opportunity to share the gospel with them. And so Wednesday night, a week from tonight, they'll be in the foyer where the A.J.'s been working on that. Appreciate all the work he's put into that that we might have an opportunity uh, to get on base. And so a lot of opportunities coming up. Be a part of all the things we have planned that you can be a part of. i sure you we need the fellowship uh, and opportunity to serve as well. Genesis 12, if you're there, I want you to remain seated tonight. Look down, if you will. Uh, we're going to pick up back with Abraham. We're continuing our series on the road to readiness. Uh, we're about to begin looking at some specific things on <clears throat> excuse me, how we should be ready. Uh, But what we've been trying to focus in on is what we need to do in order to be ready, preparing the way for that. And we're following some biblical examples that God preserved for us in people that he used. Isn't that our desire tonight? We want God to use us. We want to be a part of God's will, but also fulfill God's will. And it's important we follow the example of those that God chose to include in his word. And I think Abraham is a wonderful example of that. Uh, We looked last week down to about verse number 6. We'll pick up there, read through about verse number 8, and then we'll pray. Notice uh, Genesis 12, down verse 6. And Abraham passed through the land unto the place of Sikkim. We preached about this place last week, a very important place that God brought him to. Unto the plain of Morah, and the Canaanite was there in the land. And the Lord appeared unto Abram and said, Unto thy seed will I give this land. And there builded he an altar unto the Lord who appeared unto him. I'm not going to go very far to see the next stop on this road that Abraham is on. Verse number 8 is as far as we're really going to get tonight. It says and he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent having Bethel on the west and Hai or Ai on the east and there he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Let's stop there and pray. Lord, I do thank you tonight. Uh, Lord, for your word that Lord, we can go to it and Lord, we can follow in the footsteps of those father who followed in the footsteps you led them in. I pray we would learn a little bit more from Abraham tonight. I pray that, Father, you'd help us see, Lord, how the example of his obedience, uh, Lord, should be an example to us to follow today. I pray that you bless the invitation time. Help us, Lord, just be obedient and respond to however you lead us, for it's in Jesus' name, amen. Now, obviously, with our title of our series here, we're looking at readiness as a journey, the road to readiness. Going down a road, going down a path means it's not going to be something that is instantaneous. It's going to be something that comes by way of a process. Now, I don't know about you tonight. I'm thankful that salvation is not a process, right? I'm thankful tonight that I'm not getting saved because if it was something I had to work at, I hate to tell you, I probably uh, would never get to that place. Why? Because there's no way I could. But I'm thankful tonight salvation comes instantaneously when I put my faith and trust in what Jesus Christ did for me. But growing in the Lord, fulfilling the will of God in my life is a process. Sanctification is a process. And tonight we're looking at the process of Abraham. God called him in verse 1 of chapter number 12, we read about that, and we saw in week 1 he believed God, he was willing to follow God for the outcome of God, the outcome being what God promised him. Now last week we looked at this place in verse 6, this first stop on the journey, it was a place called Sikkim, it was a place of opportunity where God showed him the land but then, not only was a place of opportunity, it was a place of decision. Remember the mountain of evil and garrison, the place between the two shoulders. It was the place where he decided God's will and the direction for his life and the direction for the people that would follow, and then it was a burden, that place between the shoulders as we mentioned. Now we look in verse 8. I'm excited about verse number 8 tonight, just as much as I was excited about verse 7 last week because he didn't go far before he stopped again on this road to readiness. Now remember last week, we looked specifically that when God gives names and places, they are not in vain. That when God gives us a location, it means something. And it's up to us to figure out, okay, why did God lead them to this place? Now verse 8 is very specific. Watch what he says. He removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel. Now God didn't have to say that, did he? God could have just said, he went yonder way. And if we were writing the Bible, that's probably what we would say here in the south. He just headed out, but no, God says specifically, he went east of Bethel and pitched his tent, having watched this Bethel on the west, and Hai, also Ai, on the east, and there he built an altar unto the Lord. Now, folks, I believe every word that is in there is in there on purpose. I don't think God was just filling in time saying, you know what, I I want 66 books in here and I I want it to be about that thick. And so I'm going to add a lot of fillers in there, much like we did when we were in college or maybe high school. You had a 20-page paper to do. and What did you do? You went and got a thesaurus. And you figured out how to add a bunch of words in there to stretch it out. Miss Pam says, oh, shame on you. The English teacher is giving me the glare right now. But look, we were all sinners, right? And we all grew into maturity where now we don't do that anymore. You're saying you do it every Sunday morning, Sunday night, and Wednesday night. You add a lot of fillers. You don't need to. The truth of the matter is that is an important verse. God took the time to tell us exactly where Abraham stopped the second time. And not only did he stop there, but we see that the Bible says he built an altar there. Why is it important that God told us exactly where he landed? I mean, he gave him basically a latitude and a longitude. He is east of Bethel and west of Hai. Well, tonight we're going to look at this second stop on Abraham's road to readiness. And we're going to see why God led him to this place and why we need to go to this place. Last week, we looked at the need. We needed to go to Shechem. We needed to go to the place where we saw what God desires for us and where we make the decision to follow God and then bear the burden to follow God. But this week we're going to look at this spot, this new place, and see why God led him here. So let's focus in on it. I'm going to give you three things tonight about why we need to go to this place in order to be ready. Now, this area is literally in the middle of nowhere. It's literally in the middle of nowhere. It's east of Bethel and west of Ai. Why did God say go to this place and why did God lead him to this place? Well, it's in the middle of nowhere, but the truth of the matter is it's in the middle of two somewheres. God led him to this place between Bethel and Ai for a reason because at this place, it's going to be a place where he observes the will of God and understands the will of God better than before he got there. Now, if we're going to fulfill the will of God, we've got to observe it, right? We need to know what it is. And then we need to understand what God's will is all about. And so this place, number one tonight, I want you to see why it's important. Number one, this was a place of discernment. This place east of Bethel and west of Ai is a place of discernment. You say, why do you think it's that? Well, I'll give you a little little context. In Sunday school, this past Sunday, I was teaching on uh, stewarding our time and why it's important to steward our time. 1 Peter 5, 8, the Bible says, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, is a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. And that verse is telling us that we need to be aware of our surroundings, right? The devil is a roaring lion, seeks whom he may devour. That means we can't have tunnel vision focused in on this line. We've got to be aware of what's around us. This is where, why God led him here, to be aware of what's going on around him. This is not a random place. You say, why? Well, let me give you an example. The Bible says in verse 8, it's between Bethel and Ai. He's specifically telling us where Abraham is at. Now, watch closely. If Abraham looked over to the west, he sees Bethel. The word Bethel means house of God. So there is Bethel on his left, the house of God, and then to the east there is Ai, which means house of ruin. So now Abraham is in this middle of nowhere area between the house of God and the house of ruin. Do you think it's a mistake that he's there? I don't think it was a mistake that he was at Shechem last week. Between God's blessing and God's cursing, now God brings him, in verse number eight, between the house of God and the house of ruin. Abraham's right there in the middle of that. Now why is that important for us tonight? He's about to learn a valuable truth in verse eight that we've got to learn tonight. The simple truth that the direction of our life is going to be one of two things. It's going to be of ruin or of God. I want you to let that settle in for a moment tonight. Oftentimes, we like to paint gray areas in the will of God for our life. If the gray areas were there, I would set up shop there, wouldn't you? If there were these gray areas, of, oh, we're just not sure about the will of God, and we're not sure if that's what God meant, I would seek out those places, and I would live there. Why? Because I, just like you, don't like absolutes. I don't like the rights and the wrongs and, uh, and, and the light and the darkness. I want to dwell somewhere in between. But according to verse number 8, God wanted Abraham to realize something very important. Abraham, I need you to discern that in my will, you're going to be setting a course that is of God or of ruin. Now, folks, we need to get to this place tonight. Why? Because as we set out on the will of God to become a church that is ready for the coming of the Lord and to be used of the Lord, every decision we make, every choice, every opportunity and every step that we take, can I tell you, it's going to be one of two things. It's going to be of God or it's going to be of ruin. There is no in between. God has brought Abraham to this place. God's brought Abraham to the place where he looks over here at Ai, and Ai is the house of ruin, and over here is the house of God, and that's going to be our choice tonight as a church. We have to decide every step that we take this year, is it going to be of God or of ruin? And here's what we say, well, I believe there's probably some middle ground somewhere. I promise you there's not as much middle ground as we like to think there is. The will of God is far clearer and the word of God is far surer than we give it credit for. And yet we as Christians dwell in this middle zone. What did Elijah say? How long halts you between two opinions? God's people had kind of camped out in the middle between Baal and between Jehovah God. Can I tell you, we're related to those people. We have that same DNA running through our body, that same sin nature that doesn't want to be all in the world, but doesn't want to be all in with God. But God wants us to understand something tonight. Discerning the will of God comes down to the question, is it of God or is it going to be of ruin? How many of you understand the term willy-nilly, right? Willy-nilly, you understand that? Everybody over 50 was kind of raising their hands. These kids are like, what are you talking about? I've never heard him sing. It's not an artist, okay? It's a term. Willy-nilly, that's how a lot of us live our lives tonight. We make decisions willy-nilly. Uh, we choose the course for our family and how we're going to raise our children. Willy-nilly. can I tell you tonight? It's not willy-nilly to God. Can I tell you tonight the decisions we make for our children and our homes and our church and our country? Can I tell you what it really boils down to tonight? Bethel or AI. Is it of God or is it going to be of ruin? And God wants us to understand tonight that as we set off on this journey, Abraham, I want you to go east of Bethel and west of Ai. Why? That's an important place. Because at that place, you have to understand this is the choice that's before you. Now, folks, that's not very nice according to our world. Our world would like to say, well, there's a lot of stops along the way, and you don't have to be right and have to be wrong. You can be somewhere in the middle. But when we stand before God, the world's not going to have an opinion anymore. I'll give me an example here in just a moment. You think about uh, the truth tonight. Uh, of our desires think about our desires tonight what we desire what our heart craves for what our our flesh craves for it really boils down to is it of God or of ruin it boils down is this going to be something good for me and profitable or is this going to be something detrimental to my home and if we made decisions like that I promise you we would see God's hand on our lives a whole lot more yet we find that happy place somewhere in the middle give you an example Ephesians 5.15, the Bible says, we we mentioned this Sunday morning in Sunday school. See then that ye walk circumspectly, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time, because the days are evil. Wherefore, be ye not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. Now, notice what the Bible's telling us. The Bible says that we've got to redeem the time. How do we do that? By understanding what the will of the Lord is. Understanding the will of the the Lord boils down to, is this of God, or is this going to lead to ruin? And Oftentimes, we don't walk circumspectly. Walking circumspectly means choose your steps wisely, because the steps are going to lead to something that is of God, or something that is what? Of ruin. Think about it this way. Our desire of God is wonderful. And we desire what God wants for us as a church to be ready. But can I tell you, it's going to boil down to our direction. We can't say that we desire the things of God. I want the power of God. I want the peace of God. I want the hand of God. Hey, that's wonderful to desire the things of God. But ultimately, what we end up with is decided by our direction. He wanted Abraham to know that. So he brought him to this place east of Bethel. And west of Hei. So often we live carelessly. We really do. We live carelessly. We don't walk circumspectly. We act as if there's something between Bethel and AI that we can just set up shop in the middle. No, the truth of the matter is our decisions are leading to something of God or something of ruin. I'll give you an example. About a month and a half ago, a young boy, 10-year-old boy by the name of Fabian Rivera, he's from New Orleans, uh, not too far down the road. uh, 10 years old, was walking around his yard, I believe it was, on New Year's Eve. They were popping fireworks, you know. Uh, Kids in the neighborhood out there popping fireworks and all of a sudden his parents saw him hit the ground and begin screaming. They thought he was hit by a firework. They walked over and his face was profusely bleeding and he had a hole in his cheek and a hole out the bottom of his chin. Rushed him to the hospital to realize real quick, go on the news, you can look it up, you can watch the news story on this little boy. He survived. But someone that night celebrating the New Year's, getting ready to ring in the New Year's, I guess they didn't have money for fireworks, and they decided to fire a gun straight up into the air, carelessly fired that gun into the air. Now, can I tell you, they had no intention on hurting that little boy, but that bullet was going to come down. That bullet was going to have consequences. So even though the act in itself was careless, it still had consequences, didn't it? Now, folks, if we're not careful, we will live that way. We will live carelessly thinking God thinks like we do, that God's going to think just as careless as we are. I promise you, God's not careless. And the decisions that we make are going to lead to something that is of God or something that is of God ruined that's why he says you better walk circumspectly the steps that you take lead to something you know when I was a a kid and, and even sometimes to this day we'll play a board game around our house Leslie and Miley love board games there's a reason they're called board games no they they like smart board games and I tell them look believe it or not in spite of what you may think I do a lot of thinking throughout the day okay Uh, It it takes a lot of thinking for me just to get get where I'm at, okay? So I have to think really, really hard uh, just to stay above zero. And when I get home, I don't want to think anymore. And they're playing these games of strategy where you're having to buy bricks and straw, uh, and then you're going to have to outsmart the other guy and steal his bricks and steal his straw. And I'm sitting there thinking, "I, I don't know that I, it's too hard. Can we play go fish, connect four, paper, rock, scissors? I mean, come on, it's just, and so we'll be playing the game, and I'm just like, gosh, I couldn't think seven steps ahead, and Miley steals my straw? My poor villagers over here have no city to speak of, because the governor of their city doesn't know what he's doing, because he doesn't like to think when it comes to games, you know. And they got enough brain cells to think throughout the day, and to think after they get home. And I'll ask smiley, i say, all right, wait a minute, wait a minute. I didn't mean to trade away my straw. You know, the, the big bad wolf comes and he blows my house down. I didn't trade my bricks away. And I said, can I have a do-over? Can I have a do-over? Anybody ever ask for a do-over? Come on. You ever ask your spouse for that? I asked my wife for a do-over this morning. Got off to a bad start. Ever do that? Come on, be honest. You're my Wednesday night people. I expect you to be honest. Shake your head, yeah. Every once in a while, honey, I need a do-over. Did I not text you this morning? Need a do-over. Walked out, not on the right foot this morning. I don't know if I woke up on the wrong side of the bed, got up on the wrong foot. I don't know what it was, but something was wrong. Texted my wife about 10 o'clock, I need a do-over. My pride has gotten in the way. I need a do-over. Now, can I tell you, when it comes to the steps of our life, I'm thankful for the grace and mercy of God. But understand, life, we don't get a do-over. The direction that we side, decide for our life is going to be of Bethel of God or AI of ruin. And we see so many people before us in the Word of God and even in contemporary culture that we're living in, they made decisions at this place of discernment that led to ruin. I'll give you a prime example. Turn over to your right chapter 13. I want you to see something. Remember last week all of the people that came to Shechem, the woman at the well? Remember her? She was right there at Shechem. This was an, an integral place in the life of God's people. Well, This place east of Bethel is a place where God led his people as well. Many people came by this place. Genesis chapter 13, one chapter over, we read a little bit about Abraham and Lot. Verse 1, Abraham went up out of Egypt, he and his wife and all that he had, and Lot with him, into the south. And Abraham was very rich in cattle and silver and gold. He went on his journeys from south even to where? Bethel. There it is, to Bethel. Well, let's quickly fast forward Verse five tells about their flocks and their herds, their overcrowding, and it's causing tension. You see their humanity there. And verse eight he says, "Hey, I don't want any strife between us. Here's the whole land before you." He says, "Decide where you want to go, and I'll go the other way." Verse 10, the Bible says that Lot lifted up his eyes and beheld all the plain of Jordan. The Bible says, "Before the Lord destroyed Sodom and Gomorrah." Verse 11, and Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, and Lot journeyed east. Now, wait a minute. Let's do a little geography tonight. Where were they at? Verse 3, the Bible says they were at Bethel. Now, Lot looks up at this place of discernment, this place where he has to decide the direction. And where did the Bible say that he went? The Bible says Lot chose him all the plain of Jordan, the Bible says that he journeyed east. What was east of Bethel? Ai. Ai. I think Wednesday night crowd, I don't have to give you the backstory. What happened to Lot? Lot was destroyed. Lot was ruined. His family, his future, his children were ruined. Why? Because when Lot came to this place of discernment, Rather than choose a direction that was of God, he chose a direction that was of ruin. And we see the story of Lot. Where did he go wrong? It went wrong in his discernment. Can I tell you tonight if we're going to reach this place of being ready for the coming of the Lord and being ready to be used of the Lord, you've got to come to your verse number eight, this place of discernment, to ask the steps of my life are they of God? Are they going to be of ruin? Do you ever think that Lot thought that he would be ruined in Sodom? I think quite to the contrary. You say, how do you know? Because the Bible says when he saw the well-watered plain, Lot saw a great investment. He didn't see ruin. Lot saw riches and Lot saw prosperity. Lot didn't see the ruin, but the direction was not of God, it was of Lot. And that's why when he came to this place of discernment, he messed up. The other day, we were, uh, I was out hunting with Brother Derek and... Um, uh, we were, uh, sit, I was sitting in the deer stand and I uh, heard a shot, he shot a nice buck and I sat in the deer stand till dark, waited and we went over there where he was to help drag his deer out. And I uh, got down there where his deer was at, we drug his deer out and put it up on the truck and we noticed when we got the deer up on the truck uh, that the hind of that deer had been eaten. Now, since he shot it, okay, he shot the deer. The deer went over there and died. And by the time we got over there to it, I don't know, what, 45 minutes later, that deer had been eaten by some kind of a predator. I mean, the best part, too. I mean, he ate those hind quarters where all that good steak's at. And I told Brother Derek, I said, man, something's been chewing on your deer. He said, yeah, that happened after I shot it. While we're standing there, I have a headlight on. We're loading, loading it up on the truck. I looked down the power line where the deer was at, and we saw two eyes. And the eyes were right there where the deer had been shot. Well, he puts up his light and shines his light down there. And not only are there eyes there, but now it's coming toward us. I knew it was a wookalar. I'm like, I am fixing to get a picture or a black panther. You know there's like a reward out of Mississippi for those black panthers if you just get a picture of it. We're sitting there looking at it, trying to figure out what it is. And it's coming toward us. Now, we weren't scared because we're manly men. Uh, but we were quite curious, I'll tell you that. We're looking down that power line, and it's walking right up the, I mean, it's following the trail of where that deer, we just struck out. We got to looking through there, and there's a big old bobcat. And that bobcat that was chewing on that deer is now coming for his supper. He wasn't too happy that we took his supper away from him. I, I'm not happy when people take my supper away from me either. And I'm thinking to myself, that is a brave cat he's coming our way, and Riley looks over there, and that cat's coming up the hill. And Brother Derek tossed me his rifle. He says, shoot it. And so I did. Man, I shot that cat. I got to thinking to myself, a lot of times we're just like that cat. We're on a path toward destruction and ruin. And everything tells us we ought to turn around. You know, there's three guys up on a hill with flashlights and rifles. You know, you might ought to turn around, but that cat had tunnel vision. That cat wanted what he wanted, and I gave him what I wanted, and he's in my freezer, going to become part of my art in my office. Can I tell you something tonight? If you're not careful, you'll get on a path of ruin. You'll be walking right into what's going to take your life, ruin your family, and destroy your testimony. If you don't walk circumspectly and decide, am I walking toward what's of God, or am I walking toward that which is of ruin? We see in Joshua 7, I'll not turn there. Joshua 7, the Bible tells us about the children of Israel defeating Jericho. When the children of Israel defeated Jericho, the great mighty city, Joshua's going to send a smaller army into this little town called what? Ai. Interesting, same town. They get ready to go into Ai and fight this little town and they're defeated. And God tells Joshua in Joshua chapter 7, they're in the camp. It was a trespass. What happened? Well, was a man by the name of Achan. When he's at this place, Achan decides he wants the gold, the silver, and the Babylonian garment that is there. And because of that, and rather choosing a direction of God, he chose a direction of ruin. And we read about the valley of Achor where him and his property and his family were stoned to death. Right there at the same place called Ai. You see, this was a place of discernment. Could I beg you something tonight? As we set off on this road of readiness as a church body, could we get to the place where we begin asking the question, am I headed toward Bethel or am I headed toward Ai? Am I headed toward that which is of God or am I headed toward that which is of ruin? Because be not deceived, God is not mocked. That means there's a Bethel out there and there's a will of God for Central Baptist Church and there's all the things of God that God desires for us, but there's also an Ai. And if we choose the path of Ai in our lives, In the quiet places of our hearts and minds, God's not going to be mocked. It's going to lead to a place of ruin. So number one tonight, notice this place. Why did God stop him here in verse 8 in the middle of nowhere? Well, it was a place of discernment. Understand, there's a Bethel and there's an Ai, and you get to choose which one. Now let's look at the second thing. Notice what he did there in verse 8. The Bible says, he removed from thence unto a mountain on the east of Bethel, pitched his tent, having Bethel on the west Hai on the east. Now watch what he did. And there the Bible says he built an altar unto the Lord. So here's Abraham. He realizes his direction is between that which is of God and that which is of ruin. That's the same choice we're making today. Be not deceived. God's not mocked. We're choosing that which is of God or that which is of ruin. But then notice when Abraham got to this place, He confirmed his commitment to God by building an altar unto the Lord. Now, this is important, folks. Not only was it a place of discernment where he realized direction of God or of ruin, but number two, it was a place of dedication. The Bible says he built an altar there unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. Now, why is this significant tonight? Well, watch. Abraham's at this spot in the middle of nowhere of God of ruin. Well, can I tell you what the answer is? Look, it's Wednesday night, you worked all day, you're probably tired. You're like me, you don't want to think either. You know that's the meaning of the word amuse? Ah, meaning no, muse meaning think, ah, muse means no think. You go to an amusement park, you go to a place not to think, right? You just want to ride and have fun and scream and spend money. Ah, muse, we don't want to think about it. Let me give you the answer tonight. The answer is of God. We get to this place to realize there's AI, house of ruin, There is Bethel, house of God. The answer is of God. But can I tell you, just because that's the right answer, it doesn't mean it's automatically going to happen, right? Just because we know what's right doesn't mean it's going to be right until what? Number two, we've got to dedicate toward that. Abraham, watch what he did. He built an altar unto the Lord. In essence, here's what Abraham did. He cast his vote for that which was of God. I read an author this week when I was preparing the message, and he said it this way Abraham building an altar to God was virtually claiming it for God. That saying, This place that God's brought me to, I claim this for God. Remember the old movies we used to watch when they would plant a flag? Some of you were alive when we walked on the moon, right? Some of you saw that live on television, breaking news. And they got that flag, and they planted that flag there. Hey, little did we know it, the moon belongs to America. Amen? We ought to charge the rest of the world rent for that, help pay off our national debt. I think it'd help us a little bit. They plant that flag, and it says, hey, we're claiming this area for the people that we represent. Now, here's what Abraham was doing. He went to the place of discernment of God or of ruin. He says, hmm, I'm going to dedicate this to God. I want you to understand this tonight. Oftentimes we'll make decisions, last week we talked about that, and our decisions are good, but can I tell you the truth of the matter? Our decisions are only as good as our dedication. The decisions we make to serve God and fulfill the will of God in our life, they're only as good as our dedication, right? I make a lot of decisions, the things I'm going to do, but really the only things I get done are the things I dedicate myself to. Amen. Some of you are thinking, it's the garbage, isn't it? I wasn't going to bring it up, but sometimes it's the garbage. Psalms 1, we know this well, but I want you to listen to it in the context of this point tonight. The Bible says, Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. I want you to think tonight, the Bible says, Blessed Bethel of God, blessed, that's the blessings of God. The Bible says the ones that are blessed are the ones who are not walking in the council, standing in the way of sinners, or sitting in the seat of the scornful. Notice that our dedication is revealed in where we walk, where we stand, and where we sit. Can you see that? You know, a lot of times we would like for God to measure our dedication by our desire. I wish God measured my dedication by my desire. Meaning, I wish God gave me credit for my want to. You know, my my wife has learned there's not a whole lot of credit in my want to. I really want to build you a house. I really want to buy you this. I really want to give you this. And hey, even though I desire it, it doesn't often materialize into what I want. Neither does God give us credit for our want to. Why? Because it's not our desire, it's what our dedication that says about what we're seriously about the will of God. The Bible says that he that... Walketh not in the counseling of the ungodly, standeth in the way of sinners, or sitteth in the seat of the scornful. Sometimes as a pastor, uh, I will get, I'm not going to say ridiculed because you're nice folks, uh, but I will say sometimes I get questioned, why are you so passionate about certain things? And uh, sometimes with our young people, why is this such a big deal? Why does this matter so much? I mean, hey, I believe tonight just about all of our young people, if not all of our young people, genuinely desire to serve God. I'm thankful for that. But you know it's not the desire that's going to get it done. Do you know what's going to get the job done and what matters to God? What we're dedicated to. See, why are you so excited about that? I really want to. But see, it's not about what we want to do. It's about what we are doing. It's where we're walking, where we're standing, and where we're sitting. That's what matters to God. And Abraham's got to choose Bethel or Ai. Abraham's got to decide tonight. What is he going to be dedicated to? Well, we see it in verse 8. The Bible says, he built an altar unto the Lord. I was thinking this afternoon about Samson. Samson is one of those characters we learn about in Sunday school. You think about Samson, he was a Nazarite. means he was dedicated to the Lord. All right, That's what he should have been dedicated to because that's what God had him dedicated to. We know that with the dedication, there comes limitations, right? That's why we don't like being dedicated, by the way. Because dedications come with limitations. You know, when I dedicated my life to my wife, and we said I do almost 18 years ago, there's some limitations now. Amen? I I don't flirt with other girls. I was never good at it anyway. I'm thankful. I told my wife, I said, don't you ever leave me? Don't you die and go to heaven early? Why? I said, because I couldn't ever go through that again. I mean, she'll tell you my flirting wasn't—it wasn't very good, you know. Thank the Lord, she surrendered to marry me, uh, and that was her calling in life. And I appreciate that. I'm dedicated to her. That means I'm limited, right? Uh, I don't go, go and buy other women dozen roses on Valentine's. These limitations, all right. Uh, and if I didn't put limitations on me, she'd put limitations on me. That's for sure, because I'm dedicated to her. It limits what I can do. Same thing with Samson. Samson was dedicated to the Lord. We knew he couldn't drink uh, a wine, and he couldn't touch those things that had perished, uh, and we knew he couldn't cut his hair, and he shouldn't have been around the Philistines, and yet here's the catch in Samson's life. Yes, that is what he was designated to, but the problem was he wasn't designated to it. He wasn't dedicated to it. Well, it was a tongue twister, isn't it? Samson got to the place where he says, you know what, I know I should be dedicated to that. But I, I really want to go here, and I want to do that, and I want to have my will in my way. You see, that's what it boils down to tonight. Am I going to be dedicated to that which is of God and leads to the blessings of God, as Psalms 1 says? Or am I going to be dedicated to self, which always leads to ruin? How many times have we pursued our own way in our own life and found that always leads to ruin? to ruin. Give an example. Romans chapter 6, verse 4. Look it up when you get home. I'll read it for you now. Therefore we are buried with him by baptism into death, that like as Christ was raised up from the dead by the glory of the Father, even so we also should walk in newness of life. They say, what's the point there? Well, the Bible says that as a child of God. I have been designated to walk in newness of life. That's what God has designated for me to do with my life, to walk in newness of life. Does every Christian walk in newness of life? Not really. A lot of times we walk in the old life. Why? It's not because we weren't designated to it. It's because we weren't dedicated to it. You see, dedication is when you choose to set yourself aside for that service to Almighty God. That's the reason tonight so often we end up in ruin. We're not dedicated to what God's called us to do. Ephesians 2.10. For we are his workmanship created in Christ Jesus unto good works. God says now that you're saved, you're designated to good works. That's what I've called you to do. And yet why don't we fulfill those good works? Because we're not dedicated. We're not dedicated. Can I tell you? God brought Abraham to Shechem to learn some lessons there. And then one verse later, he had a pit stop in this little place east of Bethel and west of AIY. He says, I need you to discern something here. It's going to be of God or of ruin. Number two, I need you to be dedicated here. The Bible says, He built an altar unto the Lord. Oftentimes, we have privileges and we have responsibilities, and yet we fail in what God's called us to do because we're not dedicated. It's like the story of the mom and went and woke up her son. He says, Son, it's time to get up and go to school. Something every kid in here hates to hear. He says, Give me one good reason why I should go to school. He says, Well, you, that's what you're supposed to be about, you know? And he says, You know, you got to get up, you got to go, you got things that you got to do. And after a while, she comes back. He's still laying there in bed and says, Son, get up. It's time to go to school. He says, give me two reasons why I should get out of bed and go to school. She says, number one, you're 52 years old. And number two, you're the principal. So you got to go to school. You see, even though that was his position, what he was called to, he still had to decide whether he going to be dedicated to it. And sometimes God has a little trouble getting me out of bed sometimes. I know what I'm called to do. I know what I'm designated to do, but I've got to be dedicated to it. You say, well, how do you know if you're dedicated to it? Well, I'm glad you asked. Verse 8 really shows us, and I'll give you the last thing real quick. The Bible says he built an altar unto the Lord. You see, the way you know whether you're dedicated to the Lord, it's reflected in what you're building and who you're building it for. He was building this altar dedicated to the Lord. Here's how we ask ourselves the question tonight Am I dedicated to the will of God? What are you building? What are you building? Oftentimes in our life, what we're building is not unto the Lord, we're building it unto self. And by the way, isn't it easy to go down that road? I mean, I'll set out on, on Monday morning about the will of God for my life and the will of God for my week, and I'm doing so well, and before you know what I have done, got off on a side road, a back road of doing what I want to do for me. Why? Because this stuff is pre-wired to be selfish. That's why he calls us to have temperance, self-control. i got to control this stuff. If you're not careful, you will spend your life. Can I tell you some of the scariest moments is when I have met with people who have spent the vast majority of their life building it unto themselves and realizing I have no more time and not much time to build something unto the Lord. So tonight, Abraham, here on the second stop, he comes to this place of discernment. Is it of God or of ruin? Number two, am I dedicating this unto the lord it's going to cost us that's why we're not dedicated there was a pianist uh not a pianist i believe it was a violinist uh fritz chrysler wonderful magnificent violinist who could play and just charm the crowds and one night this lady runs up to him and she says i would give my life to play like you play he replied with two words i did i did Oftentimes we look at people that God uses and we wonder, man, I wish God would use me. I wish I had opportunities like that. The problem is we're not willing to give our life to be used like that. That's our problem. You see, we can't go to Bethel and Ai at the same time. You can't be two places at once. You've got to dedicate yourself. Hey, this is what I'm designated for, therefore that's what I'm going to be dedicated to. I'm going to give my life for that. And oh, when we give our life, how God multiplies it for his glory. So what is this second stop? It's a place of discernment, a place of dedication, finally. Verse 8 says this, and we'll close. Bible says, and called upon the name of the Lord. Interesting, when you go back to verse 6 and 7, the first altar he built... I've always wanted to preach on the altars of Abraham. Never felt led to preach on that. The altars of Abraham are a beautiful, beautiful picture. That first altar is an altar of praise. God showed him the land. He built an altar of the Lord there. It's an altar of praise. But this altar is different in verse 8. The Bible says, he built an altar unto the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. There's a very important word in verse 8 I want you to see before we close tonight. The Bible says he called upon. He called upon. He didn't call out to God. He called upon the Lord. Why is that important? Well, number three, if we're going to get down this road of readiness, we've got to come to the place of dependence. The place of dependence. Now, watch this, and I'll unfold it before we close. I have to discern. I come to this place where there's Bethel and there's Ai. Is it of God or is it of ruin? And then once I discern that, I have to decide, where am I going to be dedicated to? You can only dedicate yourself to one. My way or his way. So I dedicate myself to God's way. Well, even after all of that, can I tell you what you're going to have to do to become ready and fulfill the will of God for your life? You still have to depend on God. That's why it uses the word upon. Upon. What does the word upon mean? Well, it means... Up on, <laughs> if we could just use a little southern slang tonight, you're sitting up on that chair. <laughs> These guys are sitting up on this platform. I'm standing up on this platform. Do you know what it means? It means this platform is now bearing my weight, which is much more than it used to be. I'm upon it, I'm trusting in it. I didn't get up here tonight, walk up here. <laughs> I didn't build this, so i got to be careful. No, it didn't bother me at all. I didn't mind coming. I'm not going to dance for it because I don't know how, but I'm standing upon this. I'm putting all of my weight up. I am depending upon this. Watch this. It didn't say, watch verse number 8, and called out to the name of the Lord. No. It says he called upon the name of the Lord. That word upon shows dependence that Abraham comes to this place. Is it of God or is it of ruin? All right, I believe it's of God. I dedicate myself to that which is of God, but there's still no way that I can fulfill God's will for my life without dependence upon him, depending upon him. When you got saved, I bet you there's a good chance someone read Romans ten thirteen, right? Romans wrote, for whosoever shall call out to the Lord shall be saved. no. For whosoever shall call upon dependence, trust. I'm trusting him to bear the weight of what I'm asking him to do. And when Abraham came to this place, he goes, okay, there's ruin over here. And there's what's of God over here. Oh, I want what's of God. And I'm going to dedicate to that which is of God. I'm gonna, I want to go toward Bethel. But there's no way that I can do this. Without trusting and depending upon God, that's why David said Psalms eighteen three, "I will call upon the Lord, who is worthy to be praised. Shall I be saved from my? So shall I be saved from my enemies? I will call upon the Lord." That means I'm trusting in Him. Can I tell you tonight? AI is still there. It's still there. Bethel is still there. Our children are going to have to come to a place of discernment: AI or Bethel, of God or of ruin. Every young person in here tonight, you have to decide of God or of ruin. You've got to discern that. That's why he says, be not unwise, but understanding what the will of the Lord is. You better understand that every step you take, you better walk circumspectly because it's either of God or of ruin. Then when you get to that place, you get to decide. One day, our young people are going to get to do what they want to do so bad right now that us as adults hate doing now that we're grown-ups. Deciding. I couldn't wait till I decided what I ordered, you know, go through the drive-thru, you know, mom and dad order for you, you know, Happy Meal. I'm 12. They never did that. You know, I want to upsize the Happy Meal. I want a Mighty Kids meal, you know, kind of grew up a little bit. Can't wait till I can decide, you know, get to decide my style and what I wear and Get to decide where I want to live and where I want to eat, what I want to do. And now that you're grown up, you're like, I get tired of deciding. Biggest argument in our house is where we're going to eat. And we argue over it until finally we decide just to have a mayonnaise sandwich. (laughs) Why? You get tired of deciding. One day you're going to have to decide, young people. Mom and dad, you're deciding right now. Christian, you're deciding right now, Bethel or Ai, of God or of ruin. You got to choose tonight what you're going to dedicate yourself to. I'm not talking about what your desire is. Oh, if you only knew my heart. If we got credit for what was in our heart, oh my goodness, I'd have all kind of riches and glory. But I, I don't get graded by my desire. I get graded by what I'm dedicated to. So we decide, all right, I'm going to be dedicated to that which is of God. I'm going to build something unto the Lord, not unto myself, but unto the Lord. And we finally get to this place as we try to do the will of God and build that which is unto the Lord and of God, we realize, I still can't do it without you. So then what do we do? We call upon the Lord. I'll tell you tonight, there's no way you're going to be ready for the Lord to come. There's no way you're going to be ready to be used for him until he comes until you fully depend upon Him. Quit trusting in self. Quit having a plan B and a backup plan. Sell out. Depend upon God for what He desires to do in your life. Why did God bring Abraham to this middle of nowhere? East of Bethel, west of Ai. Well, number one, He had to get to the place to realize you've got to discern of ruin or of God. Tonight, can I ask you, are you choosing which is of God or of ruin? It's one or the other. Quit talking yourself to think there's an option. Number three, is it of God or is it of ruin? Number two, have you dedicated yourself to that which is of God? Have you chosen Bethlehem? You say, yeah, I have decided to follow Jesus. All right, I would rather you dedicate to follow Jesus. That I'm going to give myself and build something under the Lord. And then when you get there, look, don't chicken out. When times get tough, don't run. Depend upon God. That was the lesson of the second stop in verse number 8. I believe tonight God needs us to come there. Just like Shechem last week in verse 7, he wants us to come between Bethel and Ai tonight and help discern his will, dedicate our will, and then get to the place where we depend upon him. Heads are bowed tonight, eyes are closed. Let's start